What's going on, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Bombastic Podcast here presented by Natty State Sports. I'm your host, Andrew Ellis, and I just got done watching a lot of baseball this weekend, four games worth. We don't usually get that. Normally, Arkansas opens with a three-game series like a lot of normal people do. Um, this week, they got four. They celebrated President's Day by playing four games against James Madison University, and uh, it was not it was not an, a series that featured high stakes or a true test where you could see what Arkansas looks like against an elite opponent, but it was four baseball games. It's our first look at this team and kind of what it's going to look like and what this year could maybe be like. It's where our imagination gets to start running free. We can finally stop talking about the offseason and all that. Now it's just about the actual games that are happening, and uh, that is honestly very delightful. So I'm very happy to have something to talk about that's not what's going to happen. How's this team going to look? What's it going to be? People got their first look at what this team is going to be. Uh, if you missed the games, I don't, uh, you know, I don't know what you're doing listening to this. If you didn't watch any of the games, but that's okay. We will got you covered. We're gonna kind of recap the weekend overall. I'm gonna go through each game and talk about what I liked, what I didn't like, some of the the key takeaways and stuff like that. It's it's gonna be pretty straightforward, straight to the punch here. I want to be sure that I don't do the thing where I overreact to the sample size that we have. We now have a four-game sample size. We've seen some of this this lineup hit for a little bit. We've got some opinions, I'm sure. I'm sure every everyone everyone turns into a great baseball coach, great baseball player, and discussion analyst uh, after the first game of the season. They start forming their opinions. And I remember after the first week of the 2022 season when Arkansas lost on opening day, they lose. Uh, and Michael Turner and Peyton Stovall were the two guys that everyone was like, oh, huge disappointments, huge busts. I don't, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen with this team. I don't know. Um, don't don't be that guy who who forms a definitive opinion over week one, good or bad, I should say. I said it on the John Neighbor show earlier today. If I had come in here, if Arkansas had scored 60 runs this weekend and I came in here and I was like, hey, guys, that tells you, that proves right there. This team's going to be awesome. They're going to be hitting – I would be an idiot. And uh, look, I'm not, and look, that's not to say we can't evaluate what we see and we can't have our thoughts and opinions, but let's just try not to live and live and die with everything. Uh, although I get it. It's fun to do that sometimes. And, you know, when it's good, sometimes it's good to live like that because you get to enjoy it for that much longer. And I understand the frustrations that come with watching a team, and that's, that's, that's just part of it, especially in baseball, because I know everyone likes to say, hashtag, this is baseball. That's just baseball. Every time you lose a game, oh, it's just baseball. It's how it is. But the reason people say stuff like that is because it's a long season. We're not supposed to overreact to sample sizes. But that's what we're going to do on today's program. We're going to overreact to a four-game sample size. Uh, I kid, but I think it's uh, it's good. It's good that we have some games we can talk about, a little, little something to evaluate. And, and I'm no longer saying, hey, guys, this is what's been happening at these scrimmages that most of y'all have not gone to. And you know, y'all are able to see what I'm seeing. And so we can just talk about what we're seeing. And uh, I do want to remind you guys, I want this show to be as interactive as possible. Obviously, we've had some guests on, and you know we're starting to have some more fun here at Natty State. The season's happening, so this, this show is going to kind of take care of itself. But I also want to be hearing from you guys. I, I've, we've had some guys send in questions. We, I pretty much did a whole episode on what the expectation should be for this offense based on a question. So trust me, I have no problem reading questions on this show. I don't want to do the classic thing where I like, tweet out and I'm like, hey, guys, everybody send me your questions. But I might have to do it. Uh, who knows? But feel free always to, whether it's tweeting at me, reaching out. If you see me, want to just ask a question, let's do that. Uh, you can come to Flyway Brewing tomorrow night because that's where the Natty State Sports crew is going to be. Uh, mini plug there. We're going to be watching. We're not allowed to say what game we're watching. 
But we will be watching a game tomorrow night. That is Tuesday, February 20th at Flyway Brewing. We had another live show at Flyway last week. It was a huge success. We had a lot of fun. It gets weird there. So uh, pull up there. We always have a good time. We might be doing stuff like that for baseball season. If so, I will be sure to let you guys know, and y'all will have to come out and support then, and maybe we can chop it up and talk about some of this stuff. But, hey, like I said, reach out with your questions because I don't want you to consume this baseball season and wonder. I want you to have all the answers because I definitely have all the answers. DVH clearly has all the answers. And between the two of us, two elite baseball minds, I think we got you covered. I say that mostly jokingly, but I do want you guys to have your answers questions and your, your questions answered, I guess is the term I should say there. And I want us to all have fun on this team and or with this team and just watch this journey unfold. And uh, so, hey, let's jump right into it and let's just talk about the games themselves that happened. And then afterwards, we can talk about the big picture. What does it mean? Is this team good? Is this team bad? What do we do from here? We can talk about all that at the end. But I want to start. Let's just hop right into it. Friday night, Arkansas opens this, or I guess Friday afternoon. They moved the game up to two because it was so cold. And before I talk about this game, I do want to touch on the crowds. At this game Friday at 2 p.m. when it was about 37 degrees and windy, you know, it wasn't your peak Baumwalker Stadium against LSU at on Saturday night in May type of crowd, but I was very impressed with the crowd. I mean, especially because I've been watching these basketball games and attending those and seeing none of y'all show up. <laughs> and I don't, I, I'm not hating on you. I'm not hating because the team, team is not giving you much of a reason, but... It's just not many people at those basketball games. I know fans are really disgruntled, and given that baseball is a little bit of a niche sport and it's not really primetime baseball season, and it was freezing cold. I mean, it was legit like 37 degrees. People showed up for their, their Diamond Hogs this weekend. That was really good to see. I appreciated that, and really all weekend. I mean, even Saturday during a basketball game, the weather was still miserable then. People still showed up. Started to turn for the better on Sunday. Had a really good crowd, and even Monday's game, which was at noon, a uh, businessman special, as we call it. A Monday at noon game against James Madison in February, college baseball. I wouldn't have held it against y'all if y'all just didn't show up, but y'all did show up. I say y'all didn't show up for basketball. I, I, I saw a lot of people there at Bob Walker Stadium. You might have seen me, Curtis Wilkerson, and Scotty Bordelon hanging out there. Uh, but before we get to that game, like I said, we're starting back at Friday. I keep saying we're going to talk about these games, and then I just keep not talking about the games. So Friday night, Arkansas. Picks up a 6-4 to four win over James Madison to open the season. Top of the first inning, Hagan Smith, the All-American, the All-SEC, back projected first-rounder, Arkansas's ace, Arkansas's guy, has had a tremendous offseason. He's been, I mean, he's been awesome. Everything that we've been expecting out of Hagan is nothing but greatness. And his first three hitters all reach, including the third, who hit a three-run home run, which he got... Plenty of help from the wind. I'll be honest. It was a very wind-dated home run, this uh, this three-run bomb that Hagen gave up. There were, there were a few of those in that first Friday game as the wind was just howling out to right field. But, yeah, Hagen issues a leadoff walk, hits a guy with an 0-2 pitch on the second, for the, to the second batter, and then gives up a three-run home run to Fenwick Trimble, who if, you, if, 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 you, if that name sounds familiar, it's probably because you heard it a bunch this weekend. That dude was crushing. Uh, he's probably going to get drafted. He's kind of James Madison's guy, and he's the one who who had the big swing against Hagen Smith. So right off the bat, I you feel that tension of Arkansas down 3-0 five minutes into the season. Hagen Smith gives up the three runs. Like, it's just not what you expected to see. He settles in there and finally gets the three outs through 42 pitches in the first inning, and that was it. That was it for Hagen Smith's first outing of his junior season, which we expect to be very good. I'd love to sit here and tell you, hey, here's what went wrong. 
I don't know. DVH didn't have much to say on it afterwards. He said, I don't really know why. Doesn't think it's like first game jitters or anything. He doesn't, doesn't think he was nervous. Uh, you know, obviously the home run, they were not expecting to get out. They thought it was a routine pop fly, according to Dave. And, uh, you know, it just, just kind of happens. And we've seen Hagen struggle to get going and get settled in in some of his starts. And we've seen the the pitch count rise in a lot of his innings. And that's kind of been, I would say, the biggest criticism of Hagen Smith for his career is that the pitch count seems to climb a lot. And even some of the outings where he's pitched some of his best, had some of his best stuff and has the 9-10 strikeouts, he's only going four and two-thirds, five innings. And so that was kind of a big question for a lot of people of, could Hagen Smith be your like consistent ace that's going to get you six, seven innings and really get you deep into ball games? And I don't think anyone should be like jumping to a conclusion after this one game. You absolutely should not. But that question is going to linger for a little bit more. And so, look, I, I don't, I'm not expecting Arkansas to shake up the weekend rotation. Nor should they. I mean, the three guys they have there that they started the season with, I guess, were four weekend starters this weekend, which we'll get to later. Very important. But Hagen Smith. Yeah, just just was not not P. Hagen Smith again. A little bit of un, unlucky play here with the home run because that should probably have just been a fly out to center field. In which case, we probably feel a lot differently. He probably ends up going three or four innings. But uh, Hagen Smith did not do a ton to dispel that narrative of he's going to have trouble working deep into games. And so, look, it's you don't want to put too much pressure on anybody, especially this early in the season. But his start Friday night against Oregon State, who was ranked number seven. And it's coming off a weekend where they scored like a thousand runs. It's going to be very interesting. And look, it's about as high stakes a game as you can have this time of year. I'm really looking forward to seeing how he responds to being in that environment. We see we saw him pitch really well there last year against Texas. Uh, another big test for him. I can't wait to see how he bounces back. Hagen Smith is not the dude you need to be super worried about. We can argue about whether or not he's going to go six and seven innings all the time. We can we can get there, but I would say let this let this sample size grow a little bit stuff and whether or not you want him starting games for you whether or not you want him on the mound that shouldn't be in question we'll see if he can bounce back that was a that was a not the way you want Hagen Smith to start the season but it is what it is again we're not gonna overreact for an all-american having a rough start to start the season but thankfully for Hagen his boy Will McIntyre friend of the program if you if you don't know now you really know Will McIntyre the second guest we had on Bombastic Podcast if you haven't listened to that interview, please go back and do that because Will, he will really get you fired up and really get you, you know, locked in for this season. That's what you need to hear is a guy who really cares, really wants to be a Razorback, pitched his absolute ass off in that game. And look, it ended the final score ended up being six to four. So obviously Will's five and two thirds is what he ended up going. He gave up three hits, just one run, which was in his last inning, uh, has just one walk, which I think might have been to the last hitter he faced. If not the last hitter he faced, it was pretty late in the process. Six strikeouts, which Will, if you've not heard, is donating $5 every strikeout that he has uh, to help cancer research, cancer patients, and all that. If you have, if you want more information on that, he can give it to you a lot better than I can. Just go to Will McIntyre's Twitter account if you want to match his donation. But Will McIntyre had nine strikeouts this weekend. We'll get to his second outing later. Big weekend for Will McIntyre, who I would say quickly – made it clear he is he's going to be a dude for this team and they're going to rely on him heavily and I think it says a lot about him that that's who they turn to after the first inning when your guy gives up a big three-run bomb and you're kind of you know your Arkansas scored two runs in the bottom of the first but there was still a little bit of tension there I thought Will McIntyre gave them a chance to settle into that ball game Arkansas ends up coming back and scoring six runs in the first three innings and so it looked for a little bit there like hey maybe they they would build a huge enough lead they could turn away but 
the scoring kind of stopped there. When I say kind of stopped there, I mean it literally stopped there. Arkansas did not score a run after the third inning in that opening game. But like I said, they have the nine runs or not six runs, six runs on nine hits. That ended up being more than enough. And a lot of that was because of Will McIntyre, who uh, pitched really well, threw a ton of strikes as we've come. He threw 71 pitches in his first outing of the season out of the bullpen, five and two thirds. The guy he turned the ball over to was Gage Wood, who, again, we've talked about on this program. I said in a perfect world, Gage Wood is your closer because he's not a. I mean, he's a young guy. He's a true sophomore. But you're not in a position where you're trying to ask a true freshman to close games for you, which is what they asked Gage Wood to do a lot last year, what they asked Brady Tiger to do as a freshman, what they asked Hagen Smith to do as a freshman. Again, we've seen freshmen thrive in that role, but it's not a formula you want to go right to if you can avoid it. If you have another guy, you can do it. And so we saw glimpses last year of Gage being that kind of guy that can give you those multi-inning saves. He was asked to get seven outs in this one, two and a third, Gives up just a one hit, doesn't walk anyone. Through 24 of his 36 pitches for strikes, which I loved, had the four strikeouts. His stuff was typical Gage Wood stuff. He's got that 92, 94 mile an hour fastball that he loves to put at the top of the zone, has a lot of carry to it. Hitters, it's a heavy fastball. You don't see people really get a ton of comfortable swings on it, even if they time it up right. Uh, He's got that big overhand breaking ball that he likes to throw. He's mixed in a few. He's got the slider that he's working in there too. I love the arsenal with Gage Wood. I love the mentality with Gage Wood. He was staring down a dude as he struck him out. He, he he struck a dude out with one of those challenge fastballs. He threw 93 just like right down the middle and a little up in the zone, like one of those, I'm seeing if you can hit my stuff, and he just couldn't hit it, and he gave him a little, little stare just to show it, and uh, the umpire didn't like it. But Gage Wood, Will McIntyre, I mean, when your starting pitcher gives up three runs in the first inning, you need your guys to step up. How about that for your two bullpen dudes? They combined to go eight innings, give up four hits, one run. They struck out ten, just the one walk. Could not ask for more out of those two gentlemen. I mean, that was that was just really good stuff, really good to see, as we say in the biz. Um, touching on the lineup, so this starting lineup was similar to how we projected. You had Hudson White in the leadoff spot. He was catching. He caught, I believe, two games this weekend. He's going to be in the lineup every day, whether it's at catcher, DH, or first base. He DH'd the two games he didn't catch this week. Uh, he hit leadoff for the first three games and then hit second on Sunday's game. Really solid week for Hudson White. And uh, he started off in that first game by uh, – he struck out on three pitches in his first at-bat. And DVH said, you won't see that happen much. That was a little interesting, which, again, kind of added to the tension that was in the building whenever you have Hagen Smith give up three runs and then the first hitter of the year, three-pitch strikeout looking uh, not great. Kendall Diggs goes two for four with a double, which – he got a little bit of luck on. That double came in the first inning. Left fielder just took a horrible route. The wind was whipping, like I said, and he just lost that ball and ends up letting it bounce off the bounce near the warning track for a double, and that kind of got Arkansas going. They end up scoring runs in that inning. Uh, Viva Loy went 0 for 3 in his debut as a Razorback. Uh, again, struck out twice, and that's something that we told you was going to happen a lot. He was going to strike out plenty. Uh, let me see. I believe he ended the weekend – yeah, he only struck out five times on the weekend, which honestly, I say only. That's almost two. I guess it's only a little more than one a game. I believe that five of those, or three or four of those, happened in the first two games. So he kind of settled in a little bit. But yeah, it took Vahiva a little bit of time to to settle in as a Razorback. He didn't get his first hit until the second game, uh, which we'll get to later. But Vahiva goes 0 for 3. Ben McLaughlin, I believe he had an RBI single in the first inning there. Uh, Jack Wagner went one for three. He had an opposite field double in this game. Love what he brings to the table. Uh, Peyton Holt, he had the he drove in a run in the first inning with a single hit one hit a first pitch breaking ball right back up the middle. Gritty, 
solid, reliable, what you expect. Uh, Jason Jones, the Jason Jones breakout campaign was postponed for a little bit. Uh, if you follow me on Twitter, you saw me tweet on, I guess it was Monday, on during game four when he finally got hit, got, got going a little bit, had a couple really good swings. Uh, Jason Jones did not have a great opening day for Arkansas. Goes 0 for 3, couple strikeouts, a couple of those, and his one non-strikeout was a ground out. With the, like He had chances with runners in scoring position. Uh, maybe misplayed a ball in left field that ended up leading to a run. Not a great debut for for uh, Jason Jones. They kind of went to, and when I say kind of, they went to Will Edmondson late in that game as a little bit of a defensive replacement, and then he ended up getting an at-bat. Um, but, hey, the bottom of the lineup came through for Arkansas, and specifically Jared Spraglot, who hit the first home run of the season for Arkansas, which I, I spoke very highly of Jared Spraglot on this program a couple weeks ago. Did not expect him to be the first one to come through with a long ball. He reached base in all four of his at-bats in game one. Uh, had the home run, had an opposite field single to right, which I believe drove in another run, walked in his other two at-bats. And Ty, Wil- Ty Wilmsmeyer had a hit also in the nine hole. So you just look down the lineup. I mentioned Vahiva and Jason Jones being the two starters that didn't have a hit. But just kind of looking at that, that feels feels right to me. And so Arkansas had nine hits in that opening game. Wasn't like a an explosion offensively, but got the job done, did a lot of that damage early, and then, we can talk later on about the big picture, what I thought about some of these at-bats, but just moving on here, game two is when Arkansas's offense really, I mean, is their their biggest game of the series by far. They score 15 runs. They end up getting a run rule in the bottom of the eighth. Uh, this was a this was a big, this was the game that I think many expected a lot of the series to look like that. I'm glad they did this at least once, just so we could see that Arkansas had a little bit of that spurt ability. But uh, it started on the mound with Brady Tigert, who, I think he would tell you didn't have his like best stuff. It wasn't a peak Brady Tiger, you know, where he's got everything working. But I thought for the most part he located pretty well. He hit a lot of batters. I believe he hit three batters, which is a lot. And uh, you know, command was kind of iffy early. He ends up battling through five innings. He threw seventy eight pitches. And uh, remember, this is a guy who is not doesn't have a ton of starting experience. Last year, his final outing of the year was five and two thirds, and that was a career long for him. Uh, but based on what I saw Saturday. I really like the potential of his ability to kind of work through stuff. Cause I mean, we didn't see, like I said, we didn't see peak, you know, the breaking balls hammering perfectly. He's spotting up the slider and he's even got the change. Like it wasn't a peak Brady, Brady tiger where he had everything working and he just was able to cruise. And he's going to have plenty of those starts this year where just the stuff is on fire and uh, people aren't able to pick up what he's putting down. That's going to happen plenty. And that was not the case on Saturday. The fact that he was able to battle through five innings only gives up two hits gives up the one run uh he was saved by ty wilmsmeyer who fenwick trimble who i mentioned earlier for james madison their best hitter ty wilmsmeyer robbed him of a home run of a web gym you probably saw trending on twitter if you have not go check that out it was awesome ty wilmsmeyer had a big weekend defensively looked really good in center field but brady tiger had the four strikeouts you know james madison really just not a big strikeout team you know i mentioned gage wood and Will McIntyre combining for 10. We'll get to Mason Molina later. He had a lot of strikeouts, but it wasn't a it wasn't a lineup. They play a lot of small ball and they're very aggressive early in counts, first, second pitches, and stuff like that. They don't strike out a ton. So Brady Tiger having four strikeouts in five innings, it's kind of interesting. But I think some of these smaller schools, that's just kind of how they're built. I think we'll see those strikeout numbers go up. And like I said, Brady Tiger's stuff. There's gonna be days where he's just unhittable. And uh Saturday really wasn't even one of those day, one of those days because he was Having, you know, command was kind of in and out. But overall, I really liked what I saw from Brady Tiger. I thought it was a very, very solid 
first start of the season. And uh, I really look forward to seeing just what he can do in this role starting full-time and just let's just see what we got with this kid. Um, we've we've seen so many awesome glimpses, whether it's him as a closer, him starting games down the stretch last year and doing kind of everything in between. We know the mentality. We know the stuff is there. And I feel like since the day he's been on campus, he's been referenced as a future weekend starter, future you know guy you can count on. And I look forward to seeing him be that guy. And I saw nothing on Saturday that would make me think he can't be that guy. And I think he's only going to get better as the weather heats up a little bit. He gets settled in a little bit more. Uh, I think this weekend might be the worst you'll ever see the Arkansas's three main weekend starters in Brady Tiger, Mason Molina, and Hagen Smith, just all together. Tiger was pretty good, but it wasn't like neither of all three of those guys, I think, on a given weekend are going to produce more than that as a collective. Um, but again, you see glimpses of it all. So I, I was pleased with what he brought to the table. Parker Coyle. You know, this is really the first – I mean, we mentioned Hagen Smith's outing, another lefty, but this is really the first pitching outing that kind of took me by surprise. A little bit of it was was tough luck. I believe he gave up an infield single or a softly hit single to start his outing. James Madison executed a flawless hit and run against Parker Coyle, which, again, they do a lot of small ball. They're, they're scrappy. They do stuff like that. Uh, you know, they they really challenged Arkansas in some areas, and Parker Coyle ends up giving – giving up four hits, four runs, walked a guy in two, two-thirds of an inning. And uh, Arkansas brings in Cody Frank behind him. And uh, Cody Frank, what a weekend for this dude. Comes in in this game on Saturday, goes two and a third, only strikes out one, but, sh- but retired all seven hitters he faced. He comes back later in the weekend, has another good outing. I was very encouraged. I mean, that's the first time Cody Frank's thrown in, in, you know, in real settings. He's thrown in some scrimmages here and there over the last few weeks. And I'll be honest, hadn't looked that great doing it. Uh, if I, if I'm again, we're being honest here. So I was, I'll be honest, I was kind of interested to see what he looked like in the games and see if he looks like the guy who looked like he was going to help Arkansas last year and the guy who threw a ton of valuable innings for Nebraska a couple years ago. Who knows what his role ends up being of kind of how Arkansas chooses to deploy him? Not an overpowering stuff guy, which you you know out of the bullpen, that's kind of what you're thinking. But Cody Frank looks like the type of dude that can eat up some innings for you. He ended up getting the save in this game, which I thought was pretty funny because he entered he entered when the game was seven to five and it ends up being fifteen to five, but he gets the save because he finished it out. And technically, when he came in, he was facing the tying run. So uh, good for Cody Frank, who is the daddest man on the planet. I actually want to share a funny story that DVH shared with us after a press conference. He was saying that uh, Cody Frank was throwing a bullpen before the season, and he had his fiance, I believe, maybe his wife, fiance, wife whoever, the mother of his child, and he had – she was holding their their baby. I think that's – I don't know how old the baby is, but they've got a, a young, young baby. And so it was kind of cool. His family was there to watch him while he was getting some work in at the pitching lab, and there were a few freshmen that were kind of watching a pitch, and they were kind of just like looking at the situation all in all of it. It's just kind of hard to relate. And DVH said he walked by him and said, watch out. Watch out. Be careful, uh, which I thought was really funny. But Cody Frank, man, he's uh, – you know – kind of brings that veteran presence to the team, brings that dad presence to the team. He and Will McIntyre both, man, I'm really excited to see just how they end up getting used. And I, there's so many talented options on this Arkansas baseball team, especially in that bullpen, some of these younger arms that are really electric. I think people are going to be surprised by how much those two soft tossing righties end up throwing. But uh, those two guys mix speeds, pump the strike zone, fill it up. They've been they've been used in every type of situation you can imagine. They're battle-tested. Uh, those are two just huge luxuries to have. So from a pitching standpoint, 
you know, Arkansas gives up five runs. Four of them came from Parker Coyle's inning that kind of got away from him a little bit. And Parker Coyle, I do want to say, I want to defend, uh, you know, he's had a really good offseason. It was just a very small sample size that kind of got away from him. It wasn't like they were smoking balls off of him. Uh, but just kind of some days it's just not your day. And it was not Parker Coyle's day on Saturday. But I am still very optimistic that he's going to help this team in a big way. And so I look forward to seeing the way he bounces back. But uh, offensively, you know, pretty much, I guess, literally everyone in the lineup got at least one hits, one hit in the game. Ty Wilmsmar had a career day in the nine hole, finishes with five RBI, uh, got Arkansas going with an opposite field home run, which I don't think you're going to see a ton this season. He's not really a, a big toolsy power guy, but hey, he got a pitch to hit, had a good piece of hit and went the other way with it and uh, just put it right over the right center field wall. I think Ty Wilmsmar, I mean, I could not be more pleased with what I saw out of that guy this weekend. If you if you heard me talk about him in the preseason, I maybe, I don't say questioned his offense last year where he hit 311 at Missouri in the SEC. I don't know if I'm really expecting him to hit 300 this year. Uh, I would say I'm actually definitely not just based on his career and just what I've seen this offseason. I don't think he's going to be like this huge plus-plus offensive guy, but I think what he showed you this weekend is that there's not really an easy out in this lineup, and hey, he's going to be down in the nine hole, but with his speed, which by the way, his speed is next level. I don't know if he had a stolen base this this uh, this weekend, but just watching that dude on the base pass, he's hell. He had 21 stolen bases last year. I've also heard that he has like as good a foot speed as like the high-level MLB players. Like they track all this stuff with their performance performance facility but uh defensively a stud in center field and took advantage of, of his opportunities when he was down there in the nine hole drove in five runs scored two runs on saturday so and he had the huge web gen that i referenced with brady tigert what a day for uh the missouri transfer man really good to see that jared spraglott had a couple more walks drove in a couple more runs had another big base hit for arkansas uh, he also scored a run there, so another strong showing for the Richmond transfer who's kind of filling in for Stovall here. Peyton Holt had a couple hits. Ben McLaughlin had a couple hits. Hudson White had two more doubles. Hudson White, the catcher, man, who I just referenced, I referenced him a little bit earlier. So he had five hits on the weekend. He had four four doubles and a home run. How about that? So uh, that's, for those counting at home, that is a nice 857 slugging percentage. And uh, he was just peppering that third baseline. So it'll be interesting. I'm sure teams will start shifting on him pretty dramatically here soon but he's got some pop to all fields man he's got a really nice swing and I just really like the ABs I mean there's a reason they put this guy in the leadoff spot he drew two walks in this game Saturday that I'm referencing Kendall Diggs drew three walks but also had a big big RBI hit um just just good to see I mean just top to bottom and I mentioned Vahiva Aloy who drove in the final two runs of the game which made it a 15 to 5 game went down and got a breaking ball that I don't even think was in the zone but it was good to see him get going and finally get that first one out of the way, and then obviously he carried it into the next two games, which we'll get into. Uh, Ryder Helfrich got to start at catcher on Saturday, which we expect the DBH said that that would happen, that he would catch at least one game. Uh, Parker Rowland caught the other game on Monday, but Ryder Helfrich also threw out a runner in his first inning as a, as a collegiate catcher, which I thought was funny. Uh, I mean, just kind of, I don't think Hudson White had a stolen base attempted against him in game one, and then Arkansas puts in a true freshman catcher, James Madison, thinks they're going to slip one over on him. He throws a dude out at third for what ended up being a really big out in that first inning that helped Brady Tiger keep his pitch count down. Uh, and since we're talking about this game, I think James Madison, they tried to go small ball early a lot. And when you end up losing 15 to five, it, it's a little tough. But I thought that kind of helped Brady Tiger settle in them running themselves out of innings, trying to bunt, trying to do all these things. 
uh, although the hit and run worked against Parker Coyle. But Ryder Helfrick ends up scoring three runs, had the home run, drew a walk. Uh, very good to see that dude. I mean, that dude is a special talent. I have, I, I'm very look, I'm very excited to see how they continue to mix him in. I think we're going to start seeing him getting at least one one start at behind the plate every weekend. I wouldn't be surprised, honestly, if he ends up being the everyday catcher when it's all said and done. That's not a knock on Hudson White, who I think I've said is going to be in the lineup no matter what. Hell, Ryder Helfrick could also DH some games where that's the type of bat that he possesses. I mean, he's James McCann with a better bat, according to DVH, but it's good to see him get his feet wet behind the plate. I, I truly believe he's the best defensive catcher Arkansas has right now, and that includes Parker Rowland, Hudson White, Hudson Polk, whoever you want to throw in there. I think Helfrick's their best catcher, and I'm okay. I think Hudson White, he held up fine behind the plate this weekend. I have no issues with him being the everyday catcher, but I think Ryder is a special talent that you're going to end up having to address sooner or later. Um, I mentioned Peyton Holt had a couple hits. Will Edmondson got to start in left field in Saturday's game after Jason Jones struggled on Friday. He has the one base hit, scored three runs, was hit by a pitch. Um, again, had a nice swing, had a base hit up the middle, which was good to see. Um, you know, pretty solid performance. And Will Edmondson is a dude that's just been flying under the radar, I feel like, this whole offseason, really his whole career. I mean, hardly even played his freshman year at JUCO. It's uh, it's pretty crazy that he's in this situation. I feel like he's I – I, when I say he's this year's John Bolton, I don't mean that in a negative way at all because I rock with John Bolton. I think he's this year's John Bolton in the fact that he might end up starting at a very key position, and people are going to be like, hey, wait, why is this uh, random Juco kid starting? And the answer will be – because he beat out Jason Jones, and that's not what's happened. Jason had a good day, which we're going to get to. He had a good day on Monday, which we're going to get to. But I think this left field battle is going to continue into the season. We saw Will Edmondson get a start there. We saw Jason Jones get a start there. We saw Ross Lovich get a start there, which we're going to get to in game three. I think uh, that left field job is up for battles, out for battle. But each of those guys kind of bring what they bring to the table. And I, I, was, I was pretty pleased with what we saw out of Will. Small sample size. Um, but yeah, I mean, Arkansas ended up with 14 hits in this game, had the two home runs from Helfrick and Wilmsmeyer. Uh, all of Arkansas's four home runs this weekend were solo home runs. I don't know what to make of that. I, just, I, don't, I think it's more just a coincidence of a thing that happened. But I think when this Arkansas offense is at its best, it's when it's getting like those two and three run shots and those big innings where they're able to string things together and really make teams pay. So, you know, I thought Arkansas showed some pop in this in, in this weekend, especially in those first two days when the wind was kind of blowing out that direction. Uh, but I think you'll see a little bit more of that, and I think we'll see Arkansas land some of maybe more of those devastating blows. But uh, you know, I thought that Wilmsmeyer home run and that Helfrick home run really helped get this offense going early, and then they kind of just exploded and strung things together. Uh, but, yeah, everybody in the lineup had at least one hit. Uh, the only guy in the lineup who didn't have an RBI was Ben McLaughlin, who had two runs – or, yeah, two two hits – and a run scored, so it's like everyone kind of did their part on Saturday. It was just one of those days. Uh, and then, obviously, Cody Frank finished it strong. Brady Tiger started it strong on the mound. Moving on to game three, which was the game where we had to cancel the season because Arkansas decided to lose. How about that one? Arkansas uh, drops their their first game of the year, 7-3. to um, Mason Molina, we can talk about it. He made his debut for Arkansas Started off real strong. Uh, I, I said I said to my buddy Andrew Hutchinson going into the game, we were going to get a burger, and I was like, you know, I think this is going to be one of those games where Molina only gets you about four innings, but he has about seven strikeouts, and we'll feel really good about what he did. I sold him short. He ended up with nine strikeouts, but he didn't quite get the fourth inning. 
he was one pitch away from getting out there four innings shut out and you know on track for greatness uh, but he gives up a two-run single in the last pitch he threw, and then Arkansas turned it over to Stone Hewlett, who got his job done, as he always does. Um, the lefty, who they yeah, they brought him in for a left-on-left situation, and then James Madison countered with a pinch hitter, and he still struck him out. So good to see that from Stone Hewlett. Uh, Gabe Gackle, another friend of the program, who you may remember being on this very program. He was our first-ever guest at uh, the Bombastic Podcast. We love Gabe, and we're big believers in Gabe's skill set also. And if you... Saw Gabe pitch on, I guess it was Sunday. You'll see why. I mean, he was he was electric, man. He was 96 to 98 in that first inning, uh, mixing in a couple different breaking balls. Pretty sure I, th- I saw at least one changeup out of him. Uh, the mix in the arsenal with Gabe, man, it's as it's as legit as it comes, man. And you you saw it right away why we're so excited about this guy and why he was one of the better players in his class. Uh, first two innings only gives up one run. I think he maybe had a walk mixed in there, but was scoreless looked like he was going to cruise there looked like and you know mason molina and stone hewlett got them through four innings so they needed him to kind of eat up some innings and then the third inning for him got a little bit off the rails let's see what happened here it was the fifth inning no it was the seventh inning yeah so he gives up a bunt single to start the inning which like you know tough but it is what it is immediately throws a wild pitch then ends up issuing a walk and they bunt one try to lay down a sack bunt he gets to it and you know makes it ends up making a pretty good play and throws it over there, but the guy beats the throw, so it ends up being an infield single, which I believe they end up reviewing. And so just right off the bat, two bunt singles and a walk. All of a sudden, Gabe Gackle's leaving the game with the bases loaded and nobody out, and uh, they bring in Jake Faraday. Now this was a slick, a huge moment in this game. One because it was the game was up for grabs and it ended up being where Arkansas ended up losing the game. Unfortunately, Gabe Gackle was the first losing pitcher of the season for Arkansas, but wins and losses are a stupid stat for pitchers that we do not acknowledge. Um, I thought he threw the ball really well, and DVH said as much after the game that he was pleased with the way he threw the ball. Just a little bit of a little bit of tough luck there in that third inning. But they go to Jake Faraday, who I don't, to my knowledge, had not thrown a full inning at Arkansas. He had made two appearances that I can remember. One as a freshman where he got maybe one out and walked a bunch of dudes, and one as a sophomore where he got one out and walked a bunch of dudes. Uh, the, the story with him has always been electric stuff, 96 to 98 with the fastball, has run it up even higher than that, has an absolutely disgusting slider. I don't, I'm don't. i assuming it's a slider. I don't know if it's a cutter or whatever. It's like 90 miles an hour, and uh, it's got crazy spin on it. You know, the, Jake Faraday has the tools to be a very valuable piece for Arkansas. Reminds me a little bit of Jacob Kostyshock, but he's a dude who was getting a lot of buzz this summer because he had a pretty pretty solid showing in the Cape. And scouts are really starting to love this guy. So it's kind of funny. He was going into the year getting all this buzz as a prospect, and he has not even thrown a full inning at Arkansas. But here he is as a junior, which is when Jacob Kossi shot kind of took that step forward. And he comes into an absolutely miserable situation. Bases loaded, no outs. And he's facing our boy Fenwick Trimble, who I've somehow referenced like five times. I've referenced him more than I've referenced any Arkansas outfielder, I feel like. But uh, Jake Faraday ends up getting ahead one-two and throws a fastball 97 miles an hour and I was looking at the, I had the access to the track, man, because I was sitting in the press box. The pitch was not even a strike. It was all in on the dude's hands, and he jams them, but it just kind of squirts right up the middle and ends up scoring a run. And then Jake settled down there, which I thought was, you know, I was kind of waiting for it to unravel again because when we see Jake Faraday pitch, even in scrimmages sometimes it happens where it's like you catch him on the right day and he's unhittable, catch him on the wrong day and it unravels a little bit. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he gives up the RBI single, Ends up giving up a sack fly to center field. 
uh, ends up getting another high chopper ground out that ends up bringing home the third run. So he allows the three runners that were on base to score. Uh, but hey, I mean, he he he. I thought I thought he was solid, man. I, I thought he I thought Jake Faraday limited the damage a little bit. Like it wasn't it wasn't like one of those outings where he just came in and struck out everyone. But uh, he gets his three outs, really tough three outs to get. Gave up the one run, like I said, uh, but he got a strikeout and. You know, he's, he was he was spotting up his fastball pretty well, mixing in the break and stuff. Like I'm I'm encouraged. He threw 14 of his 20 pitches for strikes too. Like guys, I was I was pleased with what I saw out of Jake Faraday, even though it did come in a losing effort. Um, kind of going through, we'll just touch through on these last two in a minute here. Uh, Tate McGuire comes in, makes his collegiate debut. Was running that fastball in that 94, 95 range. I think he might have touched 96 once. You're seeing, oh man, this kid's got some stuff. He gets a strikeout on a breaking ball. Uh, then he just lost control of the zone a little bit. Started falling behind hitters. And uh, so he exited the game after walking two and hitting one, leaving with the bases loaded and two outs. And Christian Fouch came in and got a very important out for Arkansas, which is something he's going to have to do. He's another one of these sophomores that we're kind of waiting to see. Is he going to make that jump? Is he going to you know, take the next step forward? We saw flashes from him last year. Fouch has, again, we're talking about stuff here. Fouch has some stuff that can really help this team. I mean, he throws 95 to 97 with the fastball, and it's an easy 95-97 uh, I also thought he cleaned up his delivery this offseason. And Sunday when I was watching the pitch, I thought it looked a lot cleaner and easy and more repeatable delivery. And, uh, you know, he's typically a guy that throws a good bit of strikes through 16 of his 25 pitches for strikes. Got a couple strikeouts, got out of that big jam, but he did make a mistake by throwing a fastball right over the heart of the plate and getting it hit 424 feet for a home run. So he gives up the one run. And again, in the game that Arkansas was already down 7-3. But for the most part, pretty solid stuff from from Christian Fouch. Would like to see him in different settings where he's not, you know, coming into a game where Arkansas is already down. And I think we'll see him in some high leverage spots here in the next few weeks. But for the most part, pretty solid stuff from Fouch. Offensively, Arkansas has 10 hits. There was a point where Arkansas, I remember Arkansas was hitting 500. They were 6 for 12. And James Madison was hitting 214. I don't remember what it was, like, I guess 2 for 14, 2 for 13. I don't know what it was. But it was still a 2-2 game. And I think that was kind of the story of this game. Arkansas just could not get the big hit. Uh, they they hit well. They had with runners in scoring positions were only two of eight, but they had the bases loaded twice. Both times ended up with a pop out that didn't do much. One of those was hit by Kendall Diggs, which is just kind of one of those things where it's like, who else would you want up rather than Kendall Diggs up at the plate with the bases loaded? We've seen him come through in so many big clutch situations, but didn't happen there. Even though he did have two hits in the game, uh, Vahiva Loy had a couple had a few really good swings. He had a hundred and five mile an hour line out. He had a base hit to center, had a base hit to right field. Uh, we're starting to see, you know, Vahiva was starting to pick up his groove a little bit. One guy that I want to touch on, Nolan Souza, made his debut for Arkansas in this Sunday game, and it was in a losing effort, but he got the start at second base. Also a Hawaiian kid. I didn't talk about him a ton in the preseason because, honestly, I didn't think he was going to play a ton. You know, I, I think he's a super – he's a really talented kid. I mean, his, his first scrimmage at Arkansas, he hit like a 400-foot home run. Uh, DVH says he hits the ball as hard in practice as anyone on the team, and he's a big, strong, physical kid. Does not look like a freshman at all. Uh, but he got the start. They had the middle infield Hawaiian combo. I loved it. I, I thought it was good to see. And Nolan Souza, big left-handed bat who's, you know, like like Vahiva, there's some swing and miss there. He's not always going to make consistent contact, but when he does, man, he really runs into some balls. Uh, had a hard 103-mile-an-hour like line out to center in his first career at-bat. Follows that up with a double off the wall in left field. 
I believe he hit another ball hard, maybe had another line out. Ends up going one for four, but I was, you know, I, I really liked what I saw out of Souza at the plate and just kind of the pop he can bring as a left-handed hitting second baseman potential. Maybe he's your shortstop of the future when Aloy moves on, but I'm excited to see if he gets some more opportunities because I, uh, you know, I, he would, and it was kind of like this in scrimmages where he would go a few games without even putting a ball in play where you're like, oh man, he's just, just kind of getting eaten up. Like he's just a freshman adjusting. But then when he would connect with one, you're like, oh, oh, wow. It's a left-handed second baseman just hitting that ball 106 to the opposite field. Like it's a really powerful swing. And so I'm interested to see what his evolution looks like. And so I'm interested to see him getting some of those spot starts, those midweeks and getting some opportunities on the weekend. I love to see it. Uh, Wilmsmeyer went one for three. I mentioned Ross Lovich, the, another Missouri transfer like Wilmsmeyer. A lot of experience, uh, was banged up a little bit in the fall. Wasn't like blowing it up, blowing it up this off season. Like was not really a guy we were really locked in as like, Hey, you got to watch out for him. Cause wasn't a ton that he was showing part of that. May it might've been him being hurt in the fall, but he gets to start. He goes one for three, had a couple good swings. Uh, I, I liked what I saw. I think he's just another option for Arkansas with a ton of experience. We'll see. The carousel will continue. I'm sure it's going to be maybe a different dude there every day for the rest of the season. That might just be how it is. Uh, Jack Wagner had an RBI single. Ben McLaughlin reached base three times. The hit, two walks. Ben McLaughlin, I've been thinking about this. I actually, I actually even texted Hillary, my beloved girlfriend, uh, the other day because I, I used to always come home and I, t- I mentioned on the podcast that I'd come home and I'd be like, oh, Viva Aloy hit another home run. Last year, Jace Borfin was my guy. Like I was, I've been hyping up Jace Borfin a lot from as soon as he got on campus at Arkansas. I was just a huge fan of his skill set and always hoped that he could live up to his potential, and he did last year. So it was awesome. And uh, so like all the time, anytime Jace Borfin would have any success, I would always come home and tell him like, "Hey, Jace Borfin, hit another double, hit another whatever." I think Ben McLaughlin is is that guy for me this year. I think he's the most. He's like the ultimate DVH guy in a weird way. Like a JUCO guy who not a super recruit out of high school by any means. Freshman year at JUCO, balls out. I'm guessing he didn't like what he was being offered, or maybe he wasn't offered enough. I think he had like 365 as a, as a freshman in JUCO. Goes back the next year, hits over 400, has 19 home runs, all gold glove at third base. Finally, somehow, finds his way to Arkansas. He was one of a ton of JUCO guys they brought in that year. And uh, just kind of continues to rise his way to the top. Edmondson, a similar story where it's like, Flies under the radar, Juco guy, but it just seems like he's as valuable as a lot of these guys. And Ben McLaughlin just was kind of the surprise hero down the stretch last year. Ended up hitting in the middle of that Arkansas lineup, super consistent left-handed bat. Uh, He was the starting first baseman in three of the games this week, and he started at DH on Sunday. Played really good defense, I thought, but just super consistent. I think he he had a hit in every game, draws his walks, uh, has, has enough power. He hit two home runs last year can slice them, you know, gap to gap with some doubles here and there and can really pull a home run if he needs. Like, I think he's just going to be a dude that flies under the radar all year and then you're going to look up in April and be like, oh, this dude's hitting 340? Oh, wow, I didn't realize. He's, he's like top five in the SEC and whatever. You know, it's like he's going to be one of those dudes where might not be flashy, but he's just always going to do it. And so he's like, to me, he's like the ultimate DBH guy. And the more I think about it, he's just like the perfect guy to have in the middle of this Arkansas lineup. And so... Ben McLaughlin, that's that's how I referred to him on Monday. Uh, love Ben McLaughlin, huge fan of his game, and and I, I look forward to watching him ball out this year. I mentioned Vahiva had the two hits, Diggs had the two hits. It's just annoying that you know it's just one of those games where Arkansas has ten hits and seemed like there were plenty of opportunities for them to kind of blow it open, and it just didn't happen. And uh, we can talk about why and like what that means. I don't know if it means much, but 
got under a few fastballs, just maybe maybe trying to do too much. I don't know what it is, but I feel like this was maybe one of those weekends where I think Arkansas expected to rake. I think they expected to hammer James Madison pitching all weekend. Maybe they're used to seeing higher velos, which is what they have on their pitching staff. Maybe there's a little bit of an adjustment there, but I feel like there were a lot of balls that Arkansas just missed by a little bit. And I don't know if that's just too aggressive or opening weekend jitters, like whatever you want to chalk it up to. In reality, it's never as big of a deal as we like to make it out to be. If they had come through with those hits, we would have convinced ourselves that it meant that they're awesome and this is going to be the most clutch team ever. But, you know, we'll see how it is. Our Arkansas fans really like to complain about runners in scoring position and, do, you know, coming through in the clutch situations. It's just not a lot of teams do it, if I'm, if I'm being honest. Like, it's just, a, it's, just, it's just tough to do that consistently. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that game three, it's just one of those – that's baseball sometimes, guys. Like, again, people were kind of freaking out about it. I was I was disappointed by the performance. I thought it was a weird one, but what do you do? You just move on to the next one, and I thought that, for the most part, Arkansas responded well, which is why we're on to game four. The story here is the pitching that pitched a shutout. Arkansas wins four to nothing. By the way, they scored seven to three in that last game, if nobody caught that. Um, Arkansas wins four to nothing in game four, which clinched the series three to one for them. Colin Fisher, the true freshman lefty, who again, like, kind of came out of nowhere. Like, it, it wasn't like, yeah, you know, he's a he's a pretty highly recruited kid. But you know, you look at all the arms that Arkansas brought in this offseason. There were other guys that were getting a lot more buzz and a lot more high expectations. I mean, even Gackle is a guy that I kind of thought was going to get the nod just because of his pedigree and the stuff that he brings. But here they they roll out Colin Fisher, who's not super flashy. He's lefty, ninety to ninety two, maybe ninety three with the fastball here and there. Throws a ton of strikes, mixes it well. Didn't walk anyone, did hit one guy, but didn't walk anyone, struck out four, gave up three hits, a lot of soft contact against Colin Fisher, which I think you will continue to see. Uh, he's had some really promising outing he, outings here lately. I feel like they must have just figured something out with him uh, towards the end of the fall. Who knows? But uh, he seems to be, be coming on real well. And I, I, I'm going to see – I assume he's going to be getting a lot of those midweek starts. So I guess next week after the Arlington trip, we'll see him probably make another start against Grambling and so that'll be interesting to monitor that situation of hey how good is this guy how good can how you know he's gonna get these reps as a starter what do those look like and then at some point we'll have to start asking ourselves hey is this a guy that they need to work into the weekend mix and I don't mean that as you're, you're demoting Brady Tiger or Mason Molina or Hagan Smith or whoever but uh, this might be a guy that can they can really help this team sooner than later and uh, he definitely helped Arkansas on Monday helped them settle in that was a big time performance he gets his first career win and just right from the start was just mowing him down. I think he, he retired the first six hitters he faced. Again, throws a ton of strikes. Like I, I was I was very, very impressed with what I saw out of Colin Fisher. And Cody Frank comes in for an inning out of the out of the bullpen after him, making his second appearance of the weekend, throws 14 of his 16 pitches for a strike. Uh gets a gets his first strike out of the year to end his outing. Uh just just good stuff from Cody Frank, as we've come to expect. And Will McIntyre, his right-handed best friend buddy, comes in right behind him. Makes his second appearance after throwing six innings on Friday. Comes back on Monday, 71 pitches, throws 26 pitches, two innings, strikes out three, only gives up the one hit, which I believe was an infield single. In fact, I know it was an infield single. I remember it. Um, really good stuff from Will McIntyre. I do not think that is the last time you're going to see him pitch twice in a weekend. Maybe it's not going to be eight innings like it was, or I guess it was seven and two-thirds, but I think you're going to see Will McIntyre and Cody Frank those are your guys that they're going to try to use twice. And Stone Hewlett is another one who pitched, faced one batter on Saturday's game. Is that right? Yeah, Saturday's game. 
comes back and ran into a little bit of trouble. I got to be honest. So Stone Hewlett is a left on left guy. Like that's just how I view him. That's how they view him. I expect he's going to be using a lot of left on left situations here, but they bring him in for a clean inning here in the ninth. And uh, he gets the first guy out, a righty, and then walked a lefty. And I had a good view of DVH from where I was sitting. He was livid. He hated it. You bring in a left-on-left -left guy for that, you got to get the lefty out. But uh, And then Stone, I believe he walked a guy. I don't remember what. I, there was another runner on base. I don't know how he got on base. But Stone ends up working out. If they had second and third, one out, and he ends up getting a huge strikeout and getting the ground out back to him to end it. So nice little performance. And I think those three guys that I just listed – all three are going to be used more than y'all realize. Like, they're not flashy, but they're older dudes that have been there, done that, and they can do a job. And for Stone Hewlett, that job might be one or two hitters. In fact, it will be some days. Um, and it was on on Saturday. Um, but I was really encouraged by by all four of those pitching performances on 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 Monday. It was, it was very, very good stuff to see. Uh, and now the hitting, you know, the Arkansas scores four runs. It was their worst offensive performance statistically. Uh, have seven hits here in this game. They did enough. They scored two runs on basically an error in the first inning. Kendall Diggs leads off with a single. Hudson White reaches on a throwing error, which basically moved him to second and Diggs to third. And then our boy Penn McLaughlin comes in with the RBI two-run single. Uh, it was you know nice. And Vahiva Aloy provided the other at uh, run of the a run of the game later. Actually, I lied. There was two runs. Jason Jones drove in a run with a 107-mile-an-hour single up the middle. And this came after his first at-bat when he ripped one to the left. It was actually a better swing. Had two really good swings there. Uh, but I was encouraged by what I saw by Jason Jones. Good to see him come through in that situation and get some stuff going. He also made a few nice plays in left field, which should only build his confidence moving forward. Uh, but it was, you're starting to see at least the, the makings of what we're hoping for out of that guy. And so, like I said, we've mentioned the left field battle a lot. It's going to be fascinating to watch that play out. But overall, it was like a ho-hum Monday game. Took care of business. The pitching staff was really good, really carried them. And it was a game that it, was, it, it seems to work out that way in college baseball, the game where we're like, oh, both teams are out of pitching. What are they going to do? And then it ends up being four to nothing. And it was a two-hour, 15-minute game, which I love. Uh, I'm all for that pitch clock. Um, Parker Rowland got a start behind the plate, drew a walk. Give Parker Rowland his respect. He's a true hog. And uh, he's a big piece of this team, regardless of whether he's playing. I just like his leadership and what he brings to the table. But uh, I also think he's a really good catcher who DVH basically said, I had a freshman on the mound. I just felt like Parker Rowland could handle that situation, and he did. And uh, so good job for him. Defensively with this team, Spraglott, I believe, made an error in this game, a throwing error, which I'm not, like, overly concerned about. But uh, And especially because Spraglott might be the best defender overall on this team. There were some miscues here and there. Like, I, I can remember Jack Wagner cutting off a ball and trying to throw it to third base, and that ended up being an error. There was a few other miscues of, like, communication and stuff like that, and uh, there were a lot of base running mistakes, like mental mistakes that you don't really see Arkansas make often. And DVH, one of my favorite moments of the weekend. So Ty Wilmsmer got picked off, and I can't remember if it was the first or second game of the year, but DVH didn't mention the school that he came from, which is Missouri, but he says, hey, yeah, we have these guys that come in and they want to do things how, they, how they've been doing it. And he's been playing a lot. He's been doing it his way. He wanted to try it his way, and it didn't work out, uh, which I thought was almost like, one, DVH telling his player, like, hey, don't make those mistakes. That's not what we do around here. Do it the way we taught you to. But it's also like his way of being like, look, you're coming from a program in Missouri. It's not what we do around here. 
And uh, I feel like I'm, I made fun of Missouri a ridiculous amount on this program. Uh, and I don't even hate them that much. But baseball, I, it, luckily they don't have baseball fans, so I don't think anyone's going to hear that. So we're all good there. But but big picture, though, the point I'm trying to make that I'm taking forever to get to is defensively, if you look at this team, really pretty solid. I mean, Wilmsmeyer in center is a legit – he fits right in with – all the center fielders Arkansas had lately. I'm not here to say he's better than all of them or he's the best or where he even ranks, but you just think about Dominic Fletcher, Andrew Benintendi, and all these dudes that they've had, Braden Webb, Tavian Josenberger, like who you can just go on down the list. Christian Franklin, he was another, he's one of my favorites. Like I think Ty Wilmsarn is he fits right in with that crew in terms of def- defense and athleticism and just what he brings. Uh, I really like watching him play center field. I think he does a great job. Uh, corner outfields. Fair, you know, like Kendall Diggs is 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 he's is getting better as an outfielder, getting more reps. He actually had a really good throw. He had an outfield assist the other day, threw someone down at the plate to save Christian Fouch from a run. Uh, so that was good to see. Kendall Diggs, I would say about average, maybe a little above average as a defender in right field. Uh, they like Edmondson as a defender. He's a really good athlete. Jason Jones, uh, good athlete, made some nice plays on Monday. So we'll kind of see, but. I think Wilmsmeyer covers a lot of woes in that outfield, so it's he he gives those other two less experienced guys next to him some chances. I think I think I feel good about Arkansas's outfield defense for the most part. Definitely not like a weakness by any means. Um, and then just looking around the infield, I mean, whether it's well, you know Peyton Stovall's not here right now, he's a good defender, and when he plays, when he gets back to second base, you're going to have really good defense from Arkansas at second base, and Peyton Holt will move over to third. He's a good defender. But just from what we saw this weekend, Sprayglot at third was just picking it. I mean, he had a couple of really nice plays, fielded some bunts really well. I think he's he's overqualified for that. I think he could play shortstop at a lot of places. The Heva I thought was really good. I don't think he was charged with an error this weekend. He probably should have been. Yeah, he was not charged with an error, but he, he there was there was one throwing error that I or they, they they gave it an infield single that I remember thinking was a little weird. But but for the most part, picking the ball. Vahiva Lloyd gets the job done, man. I thought he's 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 clearly a lot better than he was in the years past. I mentioned Peyton Holt. Whether he's at second or third, that dude's gritty. He's a grinder. He defends at a high level always. Uh, first base, Ben McLaughlin was outstanding this weekend. He was better than I thought. I mean, Ben McLaughlin didn't play a ton of defense last year. Played some at third here and there and had some starts at first. I didn't really know what to expect, but he's been awesome. I mean, mentioned he was a gold glover at the JUCO level, but – I think at first base, he's really found a little bit of a home there. And then Jack Wagner will play some there at first base too, maybe Hudson White. Uh, but I feel good about that defense. And then behind the plate, whether it's Helfrick or White, especially if it's Helfrick, I feel great about what Arkansas's got. And I think White's made a lot of improvement and is serviceable. I think there is definitely a discrepancy between those two guys. And we'll see if that discrepancy is large enough to force it to be a conversation down the stretch. But just big picture looking around the diamond, I feel like Arkansas is going to defend at a very high level, which they've been doing here lately, and they just don't make a ton of mistakes. And there were some mistakes that were made, whether it be on the base pass or some communication in the field or whatever it may be. But I, we expect all that kind of stuff to get cleaned up because under DVH, they, they do that a lot. And uh, really just looking at this lineup. So, look, I'm going to take Friday's lineup because that was the first lineup of the year. So you got White leading off, Diggs, Alloy. McLaughlin, Wagner, Holt, Jones, Edmondson, Spraglot. Wait, well, Edmondson came in for Jones. Jones, Spraglot, Wilmsmeyer. That nine right there I feel really good about, and I think if you start inserting, you know, Peyton Stovall into one of those spots, you'd start to feel really good 
But, uh, you know, overall for the weekend, so of the eight guys who were qualified to get enough at-bats, which was every position except left field, everyone hit over 300 except for Vahiva, Loy, and Peyton Holt. The middle infielders who, I mean, Vahiva hit 294. I know there were some people kind of critiquing his performance in the first two days. He ended up hitting 294 uh, with some pops. So it's like, well, let's relax a little bit. But Pey- Peyton Holt and Vahiva lawyer dudes that you expect to hit and hit you know, pretty consistently. And so those are your only two guys that are qualified that were hitting under 300 for the weekend. Again, it's James Madison, but I just think you look at this team and just what you expect from each spot. It's hard not to feel great, feel pretty good about all these situations. And so look, I'm not here to tell you that Arkansas balled out this weekend and that it was like just a steady, flawless four game stretch for Arkansas where it showed that they're the best team in the country or anything like that. But I feel pretty similarly to how I felt on Thursday, which is that this is a very good ball team. They have all the pieces in place with the pitching staff, with the lineup. Like, I feel good one through nine. I think they have options off the bench. We didn't get to see big country. What the hell happened there? I was really – there were like four different situations where I was like, man, I'd maybe – I'd maybe pinch hit big country. Maybe it's just because I'm, I'm a big country fan, but I was a little surprised he didn't get a, get to swing the stick a little bit this weekend, but we'll see if that changes, hopefully hopefully soon. Uh, but I think he's an option off the bench. I think Parker Rollins an interesting option off the bench behind the plate. Whether it's Jones, Edmondson, or Lovich, whoever's not playing, I feel good about whoever it is coming off the bench. I mentioned Souza. I mentioned Helfrick. I mean, I, I think this team has the depth in every spot, and they just have answers to every question, which I think is very important. And, uh, Look, if you have concerns after this opening weekend and you want to air them out to me, please do. I would love to to talk about it. I think anyone who would tell you that like they saw nothing wrong with this team and they're flaw- they were great all weekend, they're lying to you. But I also think that it's it'd be I don't I don't see what the areas of concern really are for this ball club. Um, they hit three ten for the weekend. It may not have felt like that you know, throughout just because a lot of it times it didn't lead to runs. And so, Hey, maybe that's the concern and that's what it is. We need, you know, we need to keep our eye on moving forward. And it's certainly, that's a big key for any team Two out hitting, hitting with runners in scoring position, being opportunistic is what I really think it all comes down to. And we'll see if this offense is able to do that in the right situations. And if they have that kind of championship DNA and they're able to really make it, take advantage of mistakes and make pitchers pay and string hits together, we'll see. But just going on down the line, I feel very good about all these pieces and what they bring to the table, and I think you should too. And uh, I think this team is going to be a fun one to watch evolve. Um, we'll continue to talk about it. Look, we got a lot of fun stuff coming this week. It's going to be a huge week. Um, Thursday, we're going to have another show before I head to Arlington and before we watch these three very important games uh, where Arkansas is going to get tested very, very heavily. So. If you have a lot of questions and concerns, you're going to get to see them answered this weekend, answered or not answered, I should say. But, uh, hey, thank, appreciate you guys tuning in and joining us. It's been a – I went a little bit longer than I was hoping to. I was hoping to leave more time there at the end to to rant a little bit, but it is what it is. Um, I thought for the most part, guys, it was a productive week at the yard. Three and one, they took care of business, saw some flashes of brilliance, saw some things that are a little weird. Um, Hagen Smith, don't do that again. That was weird. We love you, Hagen, but like, what the hell, man? <laughs> like, we, 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 need you, we need you to go longer than one inning on opening weekend whenever we're starved for success. We're, we've been having to watch this basketball team for so long. Got to give us a little more, Hagen. And I look forward to seeing that kid bounce back because if I, you know, being around Hagen, and I don't know him personally, but I feel like he's a very motivated kid. And I bet he's had trouble sleeping these last few nights. I know it really bugged him when TCU went off on him last year. 
Uh, I think you're going to see a pissed off Hagen Smith in Arlington Friday. And I can't wait to watch, man. I'm really excited to get down there and watch this team. It's going to be fun. And we'll kind of preview a little bit of that more on Thursday's show. Uh, I look forward to, you know, reading some of you guys' questions and concerns, your comments, because I'm sure you're going to let me know why I'm wrong and why this team is actually horrible. And, uh, hey, that's what we're here to do, man. So appreciate you guys tuning in. It's been another successful edition of the Bombastic Podcast. See you on Thursday.